of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week 16 is done. Happy holidays. Christmas season is over. I am exhausted. Um, Yeah, lots of football played. The playoff picture is shaping up. Dolphins clinch our playoff spot. I am very, very happy. It was a very good game against the Cowboys, and we will get all, all into that in the recap. Uh, to start off, though, I'm just going to give holiday recap. I am very busy, and to preface this just off the top of the show, I wasn't able to watch all of the games because it was very, very busy. That is one thing about how the NFL schedule lines up, where there's always games Thursday, Sunday, Monday, like usual, but because they can play around on the weekends, now the college football isn't really a thing. Uh, and having that line up with Christmas, not ideal exactly. I like spending my Sundays just sitting around at home watching football. When my family's around, it's a little more stressful. I was watching that Dolphins game with my family around, and my family's lovely, don't get me wrong. But there's times where I'm sitting there and I'm watching, and I have to watch the game on mute because everyone else is around. People are asking me questions like, oh, I thought Tua was better. Oh, I thought blah, blah, blah. What's what's wrong with this? And it's just like, oh, it's stressful. And it's only it's stress than only like a true sports fan when you're watching with other people who you don't normally watch with or don't really follow completely what's going on. But nonetheless, it was good. A lot of driving, visited my girlfriend's family back in southern Ontario. Very, very nice time. Got a white Christmas there, thankfully, because right now it is five degrees, no snow. I'm not really working right now. That sucks a lot, but beside the point. Um, So I have something to do here a uh, holiday giveaway jersey time. Um, I know I was said I was going to do this on Christmas. It's been busy, so I'm going to redo it or do it right now. Uh, I will post this tonight. The podcast obviously comes out Wednesday, but thank you to everyone who entered. I have I have a wheel. I have a wheel right here. It is spinning around, spinning around, and let's see who it lands on right now. Going around, going around, going around. Oh. Uh, congrats to my lovely friend, Brian. I know that camera is flipped, but you have won a lovely DH jersey of your choice. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I guess let's get into the week 16 recap. Don't really have an NFL weekly update update. Again, it's been busy. Um, actually one more thing before I get to the recap here. Uh, I didn't put out either episode last week. I know I said I was going to be... I think I said I was putting them out. Yeah, and I was going to make one long recording. At least that's the recording I said. I had so many technical issues. I don't know what was happening. Um, But I was recording on Zoom, because Zoom's always, like, my last priority, because the video quality is so low, and uh, my mic just wasn't... It wasn't this mic connected. It was still, like, my computer mic, and the audio was absolutely terrible for more than half of it. So I just scrapped the whole thing. I was tired, and then, yeah, I went to... Southern Ontario and didn't want to record there in my girlfriend's parents' place. So, uh, yeah, no episodes. I apologize, though, but I didn't want to put out a crappy or half-finished product. So I got some takes from last week that I'm going to say now. Uh, 
And yeah, let's just get into the week 16 recap. Okay, week 16 recap here. No um no NFL weekly update. Not a lot happened. It was the Christmas season. I think I'm covering the basis of almost anything anyways. So, as always, let's start off with the game that we watched last night. Ravens 33, 49ers 19. Uh the Ravens were dominant from start to finish. Uh the defense five turnovers, five interceptions. They kept the Niners in check. Uh shout out to Patrick Queen. He has been incredible. He deserves apology from a lot of people, but shout out to this man, Lamar Jackson, now twenty and one against the NFC in his career. That one loss you might be wondering is to Danny Nichols there over on the Giants, but Lamar owns the NFC, and I get a large reason where these teams only see him once every four years, uh, typically, where they don't really get to see him up close, him against their defenses to see how it works, where the AFC can get more of a picture. I know film's always out there, but playing it live is different because Lamar is special. Lamar is right now on pace to be the this year's league MVP. Uh that would be his second of his very young career, and the man is special. I was talking about it last week in the audio that will never be found or salvaged, where Lamar's ability to... Obviously, we know he's such an elite runner, and his speed and his agility and his ability to get by, by guys, but just his maneuverability in the pocket, his ability to make guys mix, miss prolong plays, extend them into runs, throwing on the run. Uh, his accuracy has just gotten better. And obviously, like he's a very good passer of the football. Uh, a lot of people don't give him credit for that part of his game, but he is still very, very good at that. And obviously, his athleticism is the major tool of his. He's just he's fantastic to watch, and he doesn't take big hits. Like, he avoids big hits very, very well, but that doesn't stop him from getting yards and breaking tackles, and he is a treat to watch. He is very, very fun. He is truly one of a kind, uh, and that's why he is the MVP favorite right now, obviously. Going into this game, Brock Purdy was the MVP favorite. Someone cashed their ticket. Uh, There's agencies and stuff to be like, oh, you have a cash out at this, we'll give you that amount and we'll take your ticket. And if it gets the full amount, we keep all that money. That man looks like a genius now because Brock Purdy after uh, that game, not the MVP favorite at all anymore. Um, but yeah, this MVP race is a lot of fun. It is very, very, uh, it is very week to week right now. That's kind of what I'm enjoying right now about the season it is truly up in the air. Ravens and Dolphins play next week. If Tua has a game like he did last year against the Ravens where he has 400-something yards and six TDs, they get the one seed. I think that the Dolphins are the AFC favorites, or Tua would be the MVP favorite. If Tyreek goes off, he has a chance to get his name in the MVP conversation. And like that's obviously if the Dolphins win. If the Ravens win next week, Lamar has it on lock. I think Josh Allen still has a sneaky chance of winning MVP. It's, let's say... Lamar loses, doesn't have that great of a game. Miami wins, but Tua and Tyreek aren't overly impressive or whatever. And then Josh Allen dismantles the Patriots, and then Josh Allen and Miami play, and then Josh Allen beats Miami or something like that. 
either way, it's an open conversation. That's what I like about uh like about the MVP race so far. Um and uh haven't really been talking much about this game, but I have to give a shout out obviously to this Ravens defense forcing five turnovers on the Ravens, we got an interception from Marcus Williams. I think that was on Sam Darnold. Kyle Hamilton, two interceptions. What an, Everyone just overlooked Kyle Hamilton in the draft, draft process. He was just, here's a really, really good football player, and if your team was too stupid to not make it work with a guy like Kyle Hamilton, you have issues. Uh, and the Ravens, that's what they do. They just take these really good football players that just fall to them and just they make them work. Kyle Hamilton is special. He's one of the best safeties in this league. He is a very, very good player. I'm excited to see uh, how he gets used. Uh, he he did hurt his knee. He was doubtful to return. I don't think he did return. Uh, who else had these in there? Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen. Everyone just owes you an apology. Uh, they did not like you as a first-round pick. People judged you. They say you were too small. And next, since they've acquired Roquan Smith and allowed Patrick Queen to just kind of be a little bit of a pass rusher, a little bit of a do-it-all kind of guy, doesn't have to be the play caller. He's been an animal, and he's been... Him and Roquan are one of the best linebacking tandems in this league. Uh, is that all the interceptions? Yeah, that's five. Uh, and Ronald Darby with the last interception. Oh, wait, no, I was reading that wrong. Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. Great corner. This Ravens team is very good. They are now obviously number one in my power rankings. Uh, does Clowney have double-digit sacks on the year now? No, he only has eight and a half. Um, either way, Ravens, number one team in the league. That can change next week. Miami Ravens for the one seed. Let's fucking get it. Uh, Niners, on the other hand, ah. Uh, I talked about Brock Purdy, MVP. Not really a thing anymore. I think CMC has the better odds than Purdy now. Um, however, they had five turnovers on the game, four interceptions from Purdy, uh, one from Darnold when he came in after Brock Purdy left with a stinger. Uh, but yet they still had more passing yards and rushing yards. Really the difference in this game is the turnovers, and the Niners usually don't have games like this. Uh didn't help that Ayuk and Debo were dropping literally everything. A lot of balls bounced off hands into Ravens players' hands. Uh, and I think if this game were to have a rematch, it doesn't look like this. And the fact that the Niners... The Niners had a chance at the end of the game to close it to seven points, and then Sam Darnold threw another turnover. Uh, and if this game would have ended 33-27... Uh, Am I doing that right? 33-26, I should say, uh, where they the Niners only lost to the Ravens by seven and they had four turnovers. It's not bad. This is a throw-out-the-film game for the Niners. Uh, yeah, not really much else you can say. This was just bad from top to bottom. Uh, CMC still looked pretty good. Um, and the other thing that's kind of of concern, the Niners' offensive line is very, very banged up right now. I think Aaron Banks left with injury, uh, Trent Williams left with a groin injury, and if he's not there, that offensive line just kind of falls apart because he is the only really, really great offensive lineman they have. I think everyone else on their offensive line is just kind of average at best. Um, 
But this was a great game. The game lived up to the hype. Uh, shout out to the Ravens for taking taking it to them, really. Uh, we will continue on with these Monday Christmas games. Uh, the after, mid-afternoon game, Giants 25, Eagles 33. Uh, I guess we'll start off. Jalen Hurts uh, sets the most rush touchdowns by a QB, I think with 16 on the season. Fake stat, fake record if you ask me. I don't count one-yard QB sneaks. Obviously, they are rushing TDs, and they count as rushing TDs in the record books, but they're not rushing TDs. It's as simple as that. I think this is kind of a fake fake stat. They won't have an asterisk on it, but we all know that this is his tush-push powers, uh, the brotherly shove that gets him all of these touchdowns, but it counts in the record books, and I guess that's okay. Uh, Eagles, though, I mean... You let the Giants score 25 on you. I know that one of those was a pick six that Jalen Hurts threw, but this Giants offense is not very good. The Eagles, like, it's it's like, okay, they lost three straight. They're back on the winning track. That's fantastic, but not, not good, not great football. And you scored 33. That's great. But this defense is just not good and I think the Eagles offense is fine it looked okay um but again it's they should be scoring 33 on a team like the Giants who just aren't very good uh again the Eagles are still a very very good football team get hot at the right time they have two more games left on the season to kind of get things right get things back on track more this is a big game they needed a win like this the defense just needs to play its part. Getting Darius Slay back when they do get him back will be big. But for now, uh they're fine. They're 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 very good, but they're also they're just fine. Uh Giants, on the other hand, uh the Tommy DeVito story is dead. Um he was benched in this one for Tarod Taylor. Uh, DeVito was 9 for 16 for 55 yards. Tyrod comes in 7 for 16, 133 yards. TD and an interception. Uh, but yeah, really nothing to really talk about in this one. Adore Jackson was the one with the pick six. Uh, yeah, and I think that the Giants, it's credit to them. They're playing very hard, but this is a roster that is very, very far away from actually competing. I think Brian Dable is a hell of a head coach, but uh, they got a lot of work to do. They're they're going to be a tough team to play just because the way Dable coaches this team and coaches these guys up, but um, they're a long way from being anywhere, so uh, let's keep going. I guess, yeah, I mean, maybe the... The Tommy DeVito hype train is dead. It was fun. Uh, I don't know why he would start next week. I think Tyrod deserves that chance to go out and prove that he can still play in this league. Uh, We like the Tommy DeVito story, but we all know he's not, not a great quarterback. He's maybe a backup quarterback, but the Tommy Cutlets name will live on in the history books of the NFL from here to the end of time. Uh, and last Monday or Monday game, we have Raiders 20, Chiefs 14. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. The Chiefs offense outscored the Raiders 14 to 6, but 
two defensive touchdowns, one by, I think, Bilal Nichols, and the other one from former Patriots, now Raiders corner, Jack Jones, uh, scored back-to-back defensive touchdowns, I think, within, like, seven seconds of each other, uh, but yeah, the Raiders were only able to score six points on offense, uh, two field goals from Carlson, obviously, because Aiden O'Connell, 62 passing yards in the first quarter, zero in the second, zero in the third, zero in the fourth. Uh, that's how you still manage to win games. Uh, and somehow the Raiders have an outside chance of winning the division, I think, if the Chiefs lose out and the Raiders win out, which would be absolutely unbelievable. Again, I don't think it will happen, but uh would be insane. Um yeah, the uh, Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach, uh, he was asked after the game kind of what this means and him being growing up in the area and being like a Raiders fan, I guess not in the area, but he grew up a Raiders fan and now he's the coach and he got emotional. He choked up a little bit and it's nice to see. It's nice to sh- see these men in these positions showing that emotion and showing how happy they are to be in that position. And Pierce deserves it. Pierce has been just kind of the spark that this Raiders team needs because they are, they're fairly talented. I like Max Crosby. I like Jack Jones. Uh, I'll talk more about Jack Jones in a bit, but he is coaching these guys up well. And I think that he has completely earned the right to be, to take off that interim label, let him be the head coach. Um, and just see where it goes. Like, for the time being, keep him around. I don't know why bringing in any run from the outside. Like, these guys respect him. These guys are playing hard for him. And I'm sure that uh, Mark Davis realized that same thing when uh, they had to fire Gruden and then Rich Pisakia comes in, they make the playoffs. Rich should have stayed the head coach. They shouldn't even looked at McDaniels. McDaniels helped put the fucking franchise back into the dirt a little bit with some of the moves he wanted to make. Stick with Pierce. The guys love him. The guys respect him. Now, you got to fix a lot of things on the team, but that's who for whoever the future GM to figure out. But Pierce wants to be the head coach. He deserves it. This Raiders team is playing hard. They're not very talented, but they got the building blocks. Um, And one of those building blocks is Jack Jones. Uh, Jack Jones, I mentioned, had the pick six in this one on Mahomes. Uh, and before I get into the whole Jack Jones thing, or yeah, actually, yeah. So he has the pick six. He's going, he's celebrating. He's going up at like the base of the stands there on the field. And it looks like he's going to give this nice young chiefs fan, like the ball that he just scored a touchdown with. And then he rips it away. Uh, just hilarious, hilarious in general. Uh, he didn't mean to do it, apparently. Apparently, there was a guy in the back, and if you see in the background, that is, who was also just trying to steal the ball from those kids. So he was being like, no, that guy, fuck off. Um, but even if he, like, that's the thing. He didn't mean to do it, but it was so funny to see that, to be like, fuck the Chiefs, fuck the, like, that's, it's good for rivalries. It's kind of good for football in a way. Obviously, it's a very scumbag move, but uh, if you know the history of Jack Jones, you can see why uh, people would think that he would do that. Uh, not a very smart individual. Uh, has had his history of problems. Uh, that's why Jack Jones is working on the Raiders and he wasn't on the Patriots because Antonio Pierce is his head coach. Pierce was his coach in college. I think he understands him, reigns him in. 
Obviously, offseason in Vegas, we'll see what happens. But uh, Jack Jones is great. Jack Jones, when he plays and when he has his head on his shoulders, is one of the better cornerbacks in football. Uh, And it's too bad the Patriots couldn't make it work with him because him and Christian Gonzalez could have made an amazing corner tandem up in New England that Bill Belichick or Gerard Mayo could have been uh, used in that defense. But either way, it couldn't work. Vegas is happy they have him. Um, Yeah, on to the Chiefs. Mahomes, the Chiefs, uh, start the game going three and out on their first first two drives of the game. First time in Mahomes' career that has ever happened at home. And that's just kind of the story of this game. They played bad, and I've been saying it basically all year since that opening Lions game is... I don't trust this Chiefs offense to really get it together. Um, and there is so much frustration, so much more whining and complaining from Mahomes. And he has his faults too. He is doing way too much. It's one of those classic things where Mahomes, we all know he's one of these, he's still the best quarterback in football. I don't care what people are saying. The fact that he is, he was relatively still in the MVP conversations and he's having the worst year of his career, but the worst year of his career is still easily a top 10 QB of the season. Um, beside the point though, he did have his flaws. He's doing way too much. Uh, but he is also the only reason why the chiefs were able to move the ball up the field at all. Uh, but he was complaining and whining. He was yelling at the offensive line cause they stunk. um, Travis Kelsey was throwing his helmet, also whining and complaining. Reed told him to shut the hell up and sit down. He doesn't get his helmet back. Uh, It's just, it's a lot of dysfunction, and it's a lot of dysfunction that we haven't seen from the Chiefs on offense quite literally ever. Um, They need help, and people talk about, oh, Kelsey's getting older, he's fallen off. He's still on pace to get another 1,000 yards as a tight end, which just doesn't happen. Like, again, it's one of those things. Oh, Travis Kelsey's old. Travis Kelsey's having a down year. Travis Kelsey's still easily the best tight end in football and having a top three season as a tight end right now. Um, But, yeah, the offense, it just looks so out of whack, and this was a game where they should have gone right, and it wasn't the defense's fault. The defense only let up six points. The offense, like the Chiefs' offense, lost them this game because Mahomes had two bad turnovers. It's, I don't know where to go from the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. They need to win one more game to seal up the division, but this is, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Uh, Well, I did expect it because I've been saying that the Chiefs' offense hasn't been good, but especially against this, a divisional opponent against the Raiders, Mahomes always crushes them, but uh, they don't look good. And Isaiah Pacheco also left the game with a concussion because he just didn't want to wear his helmet correctly. His helmet popped off twice, and the second time it popped off, uh, one of his linemen's knee went right to the back of his head and, yeah, concussed. Um, Just wear your helmet properly. It keeps your head so safe. You're wearing these big, heavy shoulder pads. You're playing with guys who are 350 pounds. Like, protect your head. And it's also, like, I know that, like, and even when you have your straps done up on the helmet, the helmet still pops off. But it's just, 
the, the way that football equipment's designed, we need an update. It's designed so poorly, but uh, Pacheco's own fault where he's out now and has a concussion, and that's a big part of their offense. But uh, I don't know where the Chiefs go from here, but let's go all the way back now to Thursday night football. Uh, Saints 22, Rams 30, uh, and I owe the Rams... I owe the Rams a giant apology. I was totally under on them. I didn't think that they were going to make the playoffs. I thought at bat best they'd be around a 500 team. Um, and at their worst, I thought they could have been the worst team in the league this year. I didn't think Stafford coming off his, I think, elbow or shoulder injury on his throwing arm, that he's old, he's not going to come back from that. Um didn't like their offensive line very much. I was like, ah, is Kyron Williams really the guy? Like, Cooper Cup, I thought, would be the only weapon they had on that offense. And the defense, other than Aaron Donald, I didn't know a single name on it, basically. Uh, and it's just, it's a credit to how good of a coach Sean McVay is, how good of a job Les Snead has done getting these young players around, how good of a job defensive coordinator... Raheem Morris has been getting these no-name defensive player guys to make his defense look average because that's what they need to be because their offense is humming. Stafford is still a top 10 quarterback in football. I have to go through my rankings because it is tough. Stafford is still very, very good. Kyron Williams, uh, someone who I think ran like a 4-7-2 at the combine. He has been fantastic. One of the better running backs in football. Uh, Cooper Cup is obviously still Cooper Cup, but shout out to Puka Nakua, who had another big game. Nine catches, 164 yards, one touchdown, uh, putting him at uh, 1,327 yards, five TDs on the season. I think he only needs like 120 yards in the last two games to break the rookie receiving record once held by Jamar Chase. And he was like a fifth-round pick. Like, this Rams team is so good. They finally have their first-round pick. Maybe they go all-in again because they know what's running out with Stafford and Darnold. I think that's probably what their plan will be next year. Uh, they will trade assets to get some of these uh, aging vets on their team to try to make another Super Bowl run with Stafford. And they're good. The coaching is good. The GM is good. They find good players. They all play like the Rams. The Rams are fun to watch, and I am very, very excited to hopefully see them play the Lions in the playoffs because that would just be like the cherry on top. Uh, Goff revenge game, Stafford revenge game, that trade coming full circle uh, would be great. Would be great. Um, anything else? I guess the Saints, on the other hand. They made it look interesting at the end, scoring 15 in the fourth quarter. Don't don't let that fool you. They were getting blown out the entire game. This game wasn't close. The Rams took their foot off the pedal a little bit there at the end. Uh, Chris Olave, though, big game. Nine catches, 123 yards. Uh, but, yeah. The Saints, they're stuck. They don't know what to do. Uh, they're not making the playoffs. I think the Bucks clinch the NFC South with a win next week. Hopefully they don't, and my Falcons try to creep out of the gutters. But, uh, yeah, the Saints, you're stuck with Derek Carr and his big contract, and you're stuck with a million other big contracts. And basically until those big contracts stop, 
you can't do anything about it, and this is how your team's going to look for the next three years. Like, somewhat competitive, not bad enough to get bad picks, just right in that worst place you could be in football is that purgatory where you're picking in the picks like 10 to 16, where you know you're not making the playoffs, but you know you're not bad enough as those other teams. So you're just, you're hoping that you pick a good guy. There's none of those blue chip guys left on the board. They're just stuck like that for the next three to five years, I believe, until their contracts run out. Uh, It's going to be tough to be a Saints fan for the next few years. Um, We will move on, though, on to the Saturday games. Uh, Bengals 11, Steelers 34. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my football team tonight? Um, Yeah, Uh, Mason Rudolph comes in, looks phenomenal. Uh, He was, what was he on the day? 17, 27, 290 yards, two passing touchdowns. And I say he looks phenomenal. No. This was the George Pickens game. This was the George Pickens. He was getting trashed. He was getting trashed by me last week to be like, you got to show effort. You got to be blocks. You are a dog. We want that dog mentality. And he heard all the noise from everybody on the outside. And George Pickens went off. Uh, So of Mason Rudolph's 290 yards, George Pickens had 195 of them. The man had four catches, 195 yards, two TDs. Get the ball in his hand. Get the ball in his hand. He can make plays. He is a yak monster. He is very good. He is very he's special. The fact that ninety Mason Rudolph had ninety five yards that weren't to George Pickens. Like absolutely unbelievable. This truly was the George Pickens game. Um but yeah, the Steelers get it done and of course Steelers, home dog, uh this game would have put them at 7-8, and eight, losing record. They are now 8-7, and seven, two games left. Mike Tomlin is not having a losing record on his resume. And someone else who might have heard the noise from the media, uh, it was reported, I think, by Diana Rossini, where Mike Tomlin's name has been thrown out as a trade candidate for a few possible teams, like the Panthers, the Bears, I think the Chargers maybe, as a way for the Steelers to recoup some assets while moving on from the Tomlin area and no this was a Mike Tomlin spot where his team plays hard it's not him it's just get me the right quarterback because if the Steelers team has the right quarterback I think that it is good but Mike Tomlin doesn't lose these games Mike Tomlin is a very 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 good coach and the Steelers are very lucky to have him um yeah I was going to say it last week before I couldn't record or before it got lost, but you don't... Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record. The Steelers minus four, or I think, or plus four, was a lock. Of course it was going to happen. I think it was plus three, actually. But he doesn't lose. He's not... He's never had a losing record. Of course he was going to beat this team. Uh... It's impressive. Great for the Steelers to get this win. Keeps their very slim playoff hopes alive, but uh, alive nonetheless. Uh, I know they have the Ravens as their last game. Seahawks in this. I think that it will be tough to get that one last win to secure that uh, above 500 record, but 
Don't doubt Mike Tomlin. Um, Bengals on the other side. Jake Browning kind of finally had that letdown game. Still had 335 yards, but did have three interceptions on the day. Actually, last note, because I'm now remembering, um, with the suspension to DeMonte Casey and Minka Fitzpatrick being injured, they moved Patrick Peterson to safety. He had an interception. I think that's the right move. I think Pat Pete being the elite cornerback that he was, where he can shadow anyone because he's super athletic. The man's still very athletic for his age, but... Put him at safety where he can analyze the field and really just kind of be a roamer because he understands the, like defenses incredibly well, can read offenses also incredibly well. I think putting him in, in that safety spot, I think that can extend his career for another couple years. Uh, so I hope they continue that. Um, but yeah, Jake Browning finally had a game where he didn't look like Joe Burrow, uh, essentially. Um yeah, and it's kind of like the rule with backup QBs where it's like you get three straight really good games like Max, and then the wheels fall off a little bit. Um, yeah, this kind of ends it for for the Bengals here, their playoff hopes. I thought that they were going to do it. Uh, they did not. Uh, obviously, they were missing DJ Reader in this one. That was a big loss for, for them. Um, and that defense definitely suffered for it. Uh, but really it was just, it was the George Pickens game and it was the Browning interceptions that did him in. Uh, so we will move on next game up here. Bills 24 chargers 22. Um, the bills win this game when the chargers had more time of possession, more first downs, less penalties and turnovers. Bill had bills had three turnovers and the chargers still lost this one. That's just kind of how the story of the Chargers season goes how the Bills, this is how their season goes, where they play down to every opponent they have, they play down to every bad opponent they have, play up to every good opponent they have. Uh, that's just, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes for them. Um, and yeah, if they weren't such a talented team, any team that has three turnovers, loses the time of possession battle, loses the penalty battle, has fewer first downs, usually loses that game, but... The Bills don't, uh, yeah, that's, I, I, I don't really have much to add up. The Bills got lucky. This is the story of the Bills season. Uh, it's what we have seen throughout the entire season. So I'm not surprised that the Bills didn't really close this one out or didn't really put their foot down on this Chargers team that is one of the worst teams in the NFL right now, uh, the fact that the Easton Stick-led Chargers had a chance with a game-winning drive to come down and kick a field goal at the end of the game is... That's something. That's something, Bills fans. Uh, yeah, but I guess it's partly due to uh, Jif Smith. It is officially Jif Smith. I was confused last week whether it be GIF or maybe just a weird spelling of Jeff. But it is Jif. Uh, the interim head coaching bump is a real, real thing. Um, I think if Brandon Staley was still the head coach of this team, they would have got absolutely boat raced. But uh, Jeff Smith did his thing, almost won the game, which would have been very funny. But uh, yeah, good for good for them for getting that coaching bump. Uh, but yeah, the Bills roll. Bills have the Pats. Bills have the Dolphins. And right now, it looks like the Bills are going to be one of those wild card teams here. I think they only need one more win 
to really seal things up, but a lot can happen. A lot can happen here still. Uh, let's keep going, though. Now, this is one of the games where I did not watch basically any of it. Um, I got home, so again, visiting my lovely girlfriend's family in southern Ontario. So we drove back early Sunday morning, got back here around 2-ish. So the games had already started, and then I flicked on Red Zone, and then we're unpacking and prepping for other Christmas dinners and stuff. So it was very busy, but... Uh, Seahawks 20, Titans 17, one of the games just kind of got lost in the backfold, didn't see anything, I don't have any major stats, the Seahawks did their thing, Geno came back, looked like Geno Smith, uh, the trio of Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Metcalf, all did their thing rather efficiently, uh, happy for my Seahawks future that they need one more win down the stretch, uh, one more win down the stretch here to hit their... Oh, no, they need two more wins. They need to get to... Oh, no. Who do they have to hit my future? I bet them over nine and a half wins. Steelers and Cardinals. Uh, is, that, is there a betting line out for that yet? Seahawks minus three and a half. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, uh, Seahawks in line to now make the playoffs though right i was just looking at that yeah in that final wild card spot one game ahead of teams like the vikings the falcons and the packers and saints um yeah don't really have much that titans on the other side uh will levis did not play in this one in comes ryan Tannehill, and i think ryan Tannehill is just done as a starting starting quarterback in this league anymore didn't really do anything. Uh, Derrick Henry had a passing touchdown in this one. Uh, but again, credit to Mike Vrabel and credit to this Titans team for always playing hard. That's what happens when you have a good coach, a good coach that energizes the players and gets the players they want to play for him. And Mike Vrabel is one of those guys, on top of just being one of the better defensive minds in the, in the sport right now. But uh, we... We can keep going, though, here. Uh, another game that I didn't really watch a uh, heck of a ton of. Uh, Falcons, or Colts 10, Falcons 29. Um, Taylor Heineke gets to start in this one. Plays relatively okay, I guess you can say. Um, yeah, the Falcons, just they got it done. Bijan Robinson had a good game that he hasn't really had in... A while, 72 yards on the ground, 50 reception, or 50 yards catching, 7 catches. Tyler Algier ripped off a big touchdown run of 31 yards. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts gets his third touchdown on the season, and he has had a very linear progression uh, every year. Got one TD his rookie year, two in his sophomore year, three in his junior year. I bet you Kyle Pitts will have four touchdowns next year. Um, yeah, but... Falcons won this one. I got suckered into betting the Colts plus one and a half because I'm like, the Colts are the better team. The Falcons aren't good. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, it was a sucker line. I got baited. I am the sucker. Uh, but yeah, Falcons win in this one. Colts, on the other hand, you lose this one. If the Colts would have won this one, though, uh, 
they would be the number one team in the AFC South. So currently, since the Jags have had their woes and the Texans have had their woes, uh, Jags, Texans, and Colts all tied right now at 8-7 and seven in the AFC South. Uh, it is truly up for grabs, and this is a game that they maybe maybe should have win. Jonathan Taylor comes back, 2.4-yard average. That really looks like you paid the right guy there, Jim Ursay. And I'm shitting, and I, I have been shitting on Jonathan Taylor a lot, but... I don't get paying running backs and Jonathan Taylor, like he hasn't looked good since he had that one spectacular year, I think in 2021. Um, but yeah, just, just, it wasn't the Colts game, but they are still alive. Uh, we can keep going on though. Uh, Browns 36 Texans, 22, um, the Browns, the fucking Browns, man. One of the best stories of the season so far. Uh, and I hate it because they gave the nasty man the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL. But I, you got to like him. You got to love the Joe Flacco coming in, coming in off the couch and just slicing and dicing. And he's looked good. Someone who maybe should win comeback player of the year. I think that would be a... Tough stretch, a tough sell. I don't think DeMar Hamlin should win it. That's just my opinion. Don't shoot the messenger. Uh, even though it is my message in general. But uh, regardless, uh, Flacco, fourth oldest to throw for 300-plus yards in three straight games. He had 368 yards in this one, three passing touchdowns, two interceptions. And the reason he went off is because Amari Cooper had the game of his life uh, 11 catches, 265 yards, which is a Browns franchise record, and two TDs on the game. Uh, Cooper is also, that was his fourth 200-plus yard game, ties him with Jerry Rice. Uh, so, yeah, so ties him with Jerry Rice for second. Calvin Johnson has five 200-plus uh, yard games, and that is, so Amari Cooper is second, I have completely butchered this stat, and I'm just kind of rambling, but Amari Cooper is second with 200-plus yard games at four in history, basically, or in the Super Bowl era, uh, which is very impressive. Amari Cooper is one of those guys who has just had a very, very solid career, uh, and yeah, he's like just absolutely went off, and this Browns team and this Browns defense is... So, so fun. Zadarius Smith, two sacks. Uh, Daron Harmon, an interception. Jer Jeremiah Wosakoromoa, an interception. Um, they're the best story in football. And here I'm talking about Joe Flacco. Three straight 300-plus yard games. Fourth oldest to do that. I think I said that already. But like the guys ahead of him, you got Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Warren Moon, him... And then I think Peyton Manning, uh, very good company to be in. And he's like the first Browns quarterback to, I think, do that. I couldn't really find that. Uh, but the tweet from Brett Coleman said that Baker has been the closest one to do it back in 2020 when he had two straight games. Uh, and if you like to know, the nasty man uh, has never had a 300-plus yard game in his Browns career so far. So... Nice to see Flacco coming in off the couch looking better than the uh, most guarantees in NFL history. Um, 
Browns are fun. Browns are, I believe, locked into a playoff spot now. Uh, fun story. Team you don't really want to run into the playoffs. They can get hot. Uh, don't let Joe Flacco go on a run like he did back in 2012, I believe. Uh, Texans, on the other hand, they're playing hard. They're playing hard for D'Amico, but uh, Case Keenum gets benched. Uh, Davis Mills comes in, looks a little better, 15 of 30, 249 yards, two interceptions, but uh, it's tough. C.J. Stroud out with a concussion. Uh, tough for him to really, for them to really do anything. Davis Mills is fine, but he's no C.J. Stroud. Uh, and until C.J. Stroud gets back, I don't have a lot of faith in this Texans team. I'm hoping that he comes back next week. But again, like I said with the Colts, the Texans still have a chance to win this division. Uh, they're all tied right now. And now with Trevor Lawrence's injury, which we'll get into, uh, the Jags are very, very vulnerable. So we will see. It's really anyone's division right now. Uh, we'll keep going, though. Packers 33, Panthers 30. Uh, yeah, the Packers killed them. They didn't kill them, obviously, but uh, welcome back Aaron Jones. Uh, he had a very good game on the ground, rushing with uh, 127 yards, uh, six a carry. One catch for eight yards. Jordan Love looks good. The offense, it it is working, and it is banged up, and I think they're kind of a year away from really building and contending something, but they got a nice squad over there uh, in Green Bay right now. Uh, but this defense, uh, and I went on a big rant about it last week that no one ever heard, but Joe Barry, the de defensive coordinator for the Packers, needs to be fired. They just gave Bryce Young in this Panthers offense the best game of his young career so far. Uh, it's the reason that they lost whatever game that was last week, but this Packers defense is too talented for it to be playing this poorly. Um, yeah, and letting the Panthers score 30 on you is just flat-out embarrassing, and if it wasn't for Matt LaFleur and this young offense, uh, the Packers would have got crushed um but yeah good on the panthers anyways for showing up uh oh i missed one note for the texans let me rewind uh derek stingley the young corner uh he has five interceptions now uh in nine games on the season that is tied for third with jesse bates so far this season, uh, happy that he has really found his game, happy that he is uh, proving to be worth that top three selection. I think he was third overall. Either way, he's playing really nice. Texans are building something. Need C.J. Stroud to come back. Uh, back to the Panthers. Uh, but yeah, the Panthers, Bryce Young had the best game of his young career. Like I said, uh, 23 of 35, 312 yards, two passing touchdowns. Uh, Adam Thielen continues to do have a great season. He is going to get a thousand yards, which is great for him. Um, not really a whole lot to talk about with uh, with the Panthers, though. Obviously, but good for Bryce Young. You can you can do this in this league. Just let's get let's the Panthers need to get you some help. 
Uh, we will keep going, though. Uh, Commanders 28, Jets 30. The Jets blew a 20 to nothing lead. The Commanders were up 28-27. And then the Jets come back. Greg the Leg wins it on a field goal. Um, I keep forgetting notes. Uh, the Panthers, uh, so yeah, so Panthers at the beginning of the game, they have their big drum that they bang before the game, their slogan, keep pounding, and they brought back uh, Panthers legend fullback Mike Tolbert. If you don't remember Mike Tolbert, look up some Mike Tolbert highlights. He was a human bowling ball, but so they got the big drum, he's got the stick, and he was just supposed to bang on the drum and bang on the drum before the game. And he broke through the drum. He just fucking wham, smoked it right through the drum. But like the drum says, it says keep pounding. That's what he did. Uh, just had to add that note in there because it's just a funny moment. But yeah, Commanders, Commanders Jets. Uh, yeah, Greg the Leg wins it uh, to make it. Why do I have 28-28? 28 to 30. Uh, yeah, uh, good on the Jets for winning this one. This was a big, uh, draft positioning game. I think now that puts the commanders now pick third overall and the Jets, I believe pick, oh, I am bad. Seventh overall, something like that. Either way, um, this isn't in the right order and stuff, anyways. Um, but yeah, was big for draft positioning. Um, shout out to Brees Hall. He now has uh, two games with ninety-five rushing yards, ninety-five receiving receiving yards. Probably doesn't seem like a big deal. But that ties him second all time with guys like Bills legend Thurman Thomas, Larry Brown, who I obviously I think he was a Chiefs running back back in the day. Don't quiz me on that. Uh, Brian Westbrook, old Philly running back, Priest Holmes definitely was a Chiefs running back. Uh, but all those guys, the difference is they played hundred plus games in their career. Brees Hall is only at his twenty second game of his career. Uh, Walter Payton is first with three. Obviously, we all know Walter Payton, one of the best running backs of all time, but that's very good company for Brees Hall. And to be honest, I didn't think that 95-plus rushing yards and 95-plus receiving yards in a game was... Obviously, it's very, very good, and that's like a fantastic stat line to have, but I thought that there would be a few more guys that would have that. Like I thought that Christian McCaffrey would have a few more games like that, but uh, I guess it is very tough, but Brees Hall is fantastic and one of the main reasons why this Jets offense really uh really just functions him and Garrett Wilson again I've been saying it for a while but the only reason why this offense goes is because of those two men um Zach Wilson missed this one with a concussion I think he's out again this week uh yeah Jets Jets saying on, though, I don't think I have anything else to really say. No, uh, Commanders on the other side. Sam Howell gets benched. Sam Howell leaves the game with a 1.7 passer rating, was 6 for 22, 56 yards, 
two interceptions. Uh, and the question is, is Sam Howell now done as the commander's starting quarterback? I think he is now for the rest of this year. Jacoby came back, led them to an almost win again, 10 for 1,300 yards uh, and a passing touchdown. Uh, and it's that's the thing. I think Jacoby is going to be the quarterback for the next two weeks here. At least I think he should. In his relief, he has looked very, very good. Uh, and now the commanders who pick third overall, if they stay in that spot, they have a chance at picking Sam Howell's backup at one point, Drake May, who is now the starter, the better quarterback. Um, and to replace Sam Howell, who Sam Howell at one point in the season, I'm like, Sam Howell's a good quarterback. They're going to be fine with him in the future. If you just, but now it's all, it's called, call, oh my God, it's all come crumbling down. Sal Howell has not looked good. He's going to get benched. And I guess they'll see what we, oh my God. And I guess we'll see what they do with him. Uh, like, again, if Jacoby Brissett does play the next couple weeks, then I think that like it might put them out of, uh, a playoff spot potentially. Because who do they have? 49ers and Cowboys. They're losing the next two games regardless. Uh, yeah. Um, we will, I guess we'll see what the face or what the QB of the future looks like for the Commanders because I thought it was going to be Howell, at least for a time being, but uh, they might have played themselves into taking one of these better quarterbacks, and I guess we will see. Uh, next game up, Lions 30, Vikings 24. Lions division winners for the first time since 1993. Uh, thing, yeah, in nine, last time the Lions were the division champs in 93. Uh, old Vikings quarterback, Fran Tarkenton, led the NFL in career passer touchdowns. I don't even think he's top five anymore. Um yeah, it's been a long time, and it's kind of a full-circle moment for Lions head coach Dan Campbell. Uh, he was on that 0-16 Lions team and I believe, 2007. 0-16, uh, he was a tight end, obviously, as a player. Then he retires, joins coaching, Saints, Dolphins coach, and then gets hired by the Lions and now gives them their first division title, a town that's been starving for any kind of success uh and also just a wild wild stat this is the first time in 70 years that the lions and browns both have 10 wins 10 wins on the season uh that just shows how bad these two franchises have been for ever basically that it's been 70 years since we've last seen them with 10 wins each at the same time um and yeah, and their offense showed up in this one. Another big game for Jameer Gibbs. Another two TDs on the ground for him. He's just proving to be a weapon. Uh, and that, I think that puts him at nine touchdowns now on the year. Sam Laporta, also nine touchdowns on the year. Uh, they are the first rookie pair to have nine touchdowns plus each. Uh, since the 60s with Abner Hayes and Johnny Robinson. No idea who the fuck those guys are, but uh, either way, hasn't happened in a while. Brad Holmes nailed this draft class. Uh, also, shout out to Brian Branch. I'm pretty sure he had the game-sealing interception in this one. Uh, 
I believe he did with this Lions defense picked uh picked off Nick Mullins four times and again this is if the Lions don't have Nick Mullins being their quarterback they would have won this one the Vikings would have won uh but unfortunately they don't but I'm saying oh the Lions need chance or CJ Gardner Johnson back they look just fine in this one. I think in the playoffs, when they're not playing quarterback Nick Mullins, uh, might look a little bit different. But uh, the Lions, they they hang on in this one. Nick Mullins had a chance to lead a drive for a touchdown through another interception. Um, yeah, and that kind of does it for the Vikings. Uh, it's been the season of injuries for them. After all the luck last year, uh, they lose Kirk Cousins, they lose Justin Jefferson for a period of time, Marcus Davenport is injured, TJ Hawkinson is now confirmed for his ACL and MCL, Jordan Addison gets banged up in this one, uh, yeah, it's been tough, and those injuries don't happen, I think this Vikings team is a Super Bowl team, and that's why I'm so high on them next year, and I think a lot of things have to ha- have to happen, Kirk needs to come back. Flores can't move on to a head coaching job. Um, Daniil Hunter, they need to pay, but they have the building blocks of something really special, and I think this Vikings defense is a very good defense. They just don't have the pieces. Like, Brian Flores is playing these guys up to another level. I think Daniil Hunter is really the only one where I'm like, that's a key building block. That is a guy that you keep on this team and everyone else is kind of expendable or replaceable to a certain extent uh yeah but again injuries happen in this league and it just sucks that it happened to the most important position but nick mullins i mean he had 411 yards in this one didn't matter at the end of the day uh we'll keep moving though uh jaguars 12 bucks 30 the Bucks, I mean, have been on a tear recently. Uh, I think that makes it four four win- wins in a row from them. Uh, very, very big. Uh, and talk about more rarefied air for Mike Evans here. Uh, he now joins Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, and Marvin Harrison Sr. as the only... Uh, receivers with five plus seasons of 12 touchdowns uh people people still debate oh is mike evans a hall of fame receiver he is on that list with there's only four other people plus now mike evans and he's the only guy to have 10 plus 10 straight thousand yard seasons uh he is he is he also climbed to, I think, 12th all-time touchdowns. Uh, he's he's a monster. Mike Evans, is he checks all the boxes. He has a Super Bowl. He's going to make another All-Pro this year. Uh, and this, this Bucks team is fun. And a large reason to why it's fun as well is Baker Mayfield in the season that he is having. Uh, 283 yards, another two passing touchdowns in this one, 26 of 35. And I talked about Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year. Baker is, I think, that someone who really deserves it after getting injured with the Browns and just kind of being the outcast and like, oh, it's Baker's fault. It's Baker's fault. He's broken. Like, 
the Browns kind of made him broken, but then he gets moved on to the Panthers, and the Panthers cut him, and he goes to the Rams, and it's nice to see him land somewhere and have it work. 26 touchdowns on the year, 8 interceptions, uh, 64 completion percentage, uh, almost 3,600 yards passing. Like He's having a good year. I'm happy for Baker. He is He's a starting quarterback in this league. Now, there's levels to the starting quarterback game, but uh, Baker is great. And if Geno can win it from coming back from being ass, I don't know why Baker couldn't. Um, but yeah, the Bucks looks like they're going to win this division. Uh, who's up in their schedule, though? Saints and Panthers. Uh I'm hoping they lose to the Saints because I would like for the Falcons to still have a chance of uh, of making it, but I think that ship has sailed. Um, Jags on the other side. Trevor Lawrence didn't look great to begin with, then leaves the game with a concussion, and then that is kind of that. The I mean, the Bucks were killing them uh, at one point. It was thirty to six. Uh it was yeah, it was the Bucks the entire game. But yeah, Lawrence not great in this one. Seventeen of twenty nine, two hundred and eleven yards, passing touchdown, two interceptions. Bethard comes in, eleven of fifteen, ninety four yards and a touchdown. Uh yeah, I Jags still kinda they control their own destiny, and that's kind of all you can ask for at this moment, but Trevor Lawrence now injured, that might do it for them, but even Trevor Lawrence fully healthy, he hasn't proved anything as like a high-quality starter. I still believe in him, and I still believe he has that potential, but uh, it's been tough, really, to watch watch him do or watch him play. Uh, right now, through his, I don't know how many starts he actually has, but his numbers are comparable to someone like Daniel Jones. That's not good. We, for someone who everyone tabbed as generational, and I still least think he has that kind of, uh, that generational dust on him still where people still treat him like that. But Trevor Lawrence, since he came into the league in 2021, has never been really a top 10 quarterback. I think we all believed he had that top 10 potential and he has some flashes, but consistent play hasn't really been there. I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. I still think he has the chance to be a top five future MVP of this league, potentially, but there it's just not working in Jacksonville. And I think a lot of it has to do behind this roster construction. Uh, obviously missing Christian Kirk is big, but I don't think that Doug Peterson is necessarily that great of a head coach. He's kind of a team builder guy. And if he's not hiring the right assistants, which was kind of why he fell out of favor in Philly. He loses Frank Reich, who at the time Frank Reich was awesome. Uh, and then he's on the decline. And now Press Taylor isn't really doing his job too, too well. I like Travis Etienne, but you need to get another running back in there to share the load with him because he is not an every down back. The defense is fine, but I just think everything's fine. I don't think anything's really great in Jacksonville, but everything's fine. And for a team that they had they had a head start on the rest of this division and now the gap is closed they are all now tied for the AFC South division and i've been saying it all throughout the episode but the chargers blew this head start that they had on team building and next year i'm 
fine to say that the Colt or the Jags might be the third best team in the AFC South going into the next year. Obviously, lots can happen in the off season, but uh, I don't know. It's tough for the Jags. Uh, we'll see how hurt uh, Lawrence really is, but uh, we'll we'll keep going though. Uh, next game up: Cardinals sixteen, Bears twenty-seven. Not this is a game. Didn't watch a single second of it. I'm not really going to comment much on it. Uh, I know Justin Fields looked fine. He rushed the ball well. So did Khalil Herbert. I know he had over uh, 100 yards on the game. Uh, Cardinals, on the other hand, nothing, nothing to say. They're they're fine. This was a nothing game, nothing matchup. Good for the Bears for continuing kind of like they're winning and building a winning culture because you need to start doing that at some point all while maintaining that Bears or that Panthers first overall pick. So uh, good for them, I guess. Uh, Cardinals, I don't care. You guys suck. Uh, So we shall keep moving on. Cowboys 20, Dolphins 22. I mentioned at the top of the show that I was watching this game with my family. I was watching it on mute. Uh... But it was good. It proved a lot of things about this offense. Uh, Tua, very good under pressure. The Cowboys defensive line was coming after him. He stepped up. He evaded. He made big throws. Uh, And, I mean, I should really start off by thanking Jason Sanders. Saved the MVP of this game. Uh, I think he had five field goals in this. I could be wrong. Um, Five field goals in this, along of 57. I think he had three 50-plus yarders, uh, finally living up to his contract. Happy that he's finally making kicks like this. His 57-yarder would have been good from, like, 63. Uh, But, yeah, this was a massive team game for the Dolphins. Uh, And our run game got, got shut down. Fairly well. I mean, Mostert was averaging 4.2, but uh, Tyreek came back, 9 catches, 99 yards. Waddle, won't, 1 catch for 50 yards, and left the game with a high ankle sprain. Hopefully he will be back for the playoffs. I think we might be shutting him down for the rest of the season, which is too bad. Uh, Tua, 293 yards, no turnovers. It was a great team effort. Andrew Van Ginkle, sack and a half. Bradley Chubb, sack and a half. Zach Seiler got a sack. Our defense is great. Our defense is fantastic. Uh, Javon Holland missed this one too. Hopefully he will be back against that Ravens team next week. But And our offensive line needs to get healthy. But this was a good game, and no one can take away this game from the Dolphins. People want to say, oh, well, the Cowboys were frauds the entire time, so that means nothing. Uh, because now we finally have a win against a winning opponent. Uh but yeah, this was this was the fraud bowl game, and the Dolphins came out on top, and we had more chances to score. Obviously, Jason Sanders five field goals. Good that he went five for five, but you can't rely on a field goal kicker to win you your games consistently. Uh, so things need to get fixed, but I think a lot of it changes when our offensive line does get healthy. Hopefully, we add two of those starters back next week against the Ravens, but uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that we won on Christmas Eve day. Uh, Cowboys on the other side, like also played very well. I mean, Tony Pollard, 
I don't know how he didn't score that touchdown where he was literally inches away from scoring, but in comes Deshaun Elliott to make the big play, and then their big white fullback, I forget his name, but fumbles on the next very next possession. Uh, C.D. Lamb, good game, 118 yards and a TD. Dak played well. It's just the Dolphins were better. The Dolphins were better, and... I think that we're just also just coached better in general. But this was, these are two very good teams. These are two very good teams. These are two playoff teams. Uh, I think it was good showing that neither team really got blown out. Uh, It was a rainy game too, but I'm happy. I'm happy. Dolphins secure a playoff spot now. Now we get Ravens next week for that one seed and we finish it off with the Bills. Let's go on a run. Let's go on a run. Let's make things happen. And final game of the final game of the week here. Uh, oh, that's next week. Nope, I'm I'm messing up. I'm messing up. Uh, yeah, final game of the week here. Patriots twenty six, Broncos twenty three. Uh, Chad Ryland having an awful rookie season, but makes it count with this one. Sixty three yarder to win the game, and had way more leg on it than that. Uh yeah, Patriots win this one. Uh, Bailey Zappi leads a game-winning drive. Pop Douglas was the best receiver on the field for them. Uh, and I was happy. I think that was probably the first time ever I was fully cheering for the Patriots because now they pick fourth overall, and they still have a game with the Jets that I believe that they will win that one in Week 18. Uh, but with that being said, I think that they... are. Kraft is giving whoever the GM is going to be full reign to pick, give up whatever assets for one of these quarterbacks. Um, so the farther they go back, the more assets they have to give up. So fine by me, but I am preparing myself that the Patriots will get a quarterback. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Pats' defense is still playing still playing good. Christian Barmore really coming into his own three sacks in the game. Also a sack from Mac Wilson and Josh Uche. Uh, yeah, Christian Barmore is a force. Uh, one of the better young defensive tackles in this league. Bats defense is going to be very, very good next year. Would be very, very, very good if they kept Jack Jones, but beside the point, uh, yeah, good on them to get this win. And I guess last thing to really talk about is there was a report, and I haven't really talked about it yet, by Tom Curran saying, oh, that the that Belichick is out. They'll mutually part ways at some point in the season. Hasn't been backed up by anybody like official yet, but Tom Curran's an actual... He's, he's in the know. He's in the know. And last week on Pardon My Take, Julian Edelman came on, and they asked him about it. And he also believes that Bill is on the outs. And I still think that Jules is into the mix enough with that Patriots team in that locker room where he might know some things. Uh, I think Gerard Mayo would get the job and then we'll see. I it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, but if Bill does move on, that is big. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see, but right now still playing. So we'll see. Uh, Broncos on the other side. It was a nice story. It was a nice run. They went on, but this is kind of where I thought that they would finish around a 500 team. Uh, yeah, nothing really to add. They just kind of 
they blew this one. I think that uh, it was a 56-yard field goal. I thought it was a 60-yarder. Well, that's my bad. But, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, the the Broncos blew it. They blew their playoff chances. They are officially donezo uh, and nothing really much else to say. They're just not a good team and the only reason this team was winning is because their defense was defense was forcing turnovers it's now not doing that and the offense cannot do enough to really win games but uh yeah that is the recap i am done my throat is getting scratchy um but yeah i am going to pause this clip out the holiday giveaway congratulations brian i'm very interested to see what jersey you're gonna want because i know that you're not a true football fan, but I can get you any jersey you want. There are a lot of players out there, and I'm sure that the nice people of China and DHK will be happy to oblige any request that you have. Um, yeah, I am tired, so I'm going to end it here. Uh, again, to finish it off, happy holidays to everyone out there, and if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, and subscribe. That's not how I end it. Please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. There it is. And until next time, peace.